You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fun Podcast. I am Bird. That is Jake. Jake, how we doing? Cannot complain, brother. How you doing? We're right. We're right. Finally, is feeling like winter, but my 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 home is like a sauna, and it doesn't help that I have all the equipment going going on in my uh, my setup. So it is quite hot and i have the window open when it's 30 something degrees outside yeah no you know it's it's honestly like not really a knock on wood it's just not really feeling like winter to me which is nice i you know i I think this is one of those like uh what's it El, el nino or la nina years i think it's i think it's one of those where we're not supposed to get that much knock on wood not supposed to get any significant weather which hope not Remember when we woke up uh, yesterday and this morning and there was a little snow on the ground? That's about yeah. as much snow as I want to say. Thank you very much. Agreed. Agreed. That's about that's about as much as I want to say. And for anybody anybody out there that's screaming and yelling and saying, well, I like the snow. Uh, there's there, there's places for that. They're, the, the, they're called ski resorts where they put down fake snow. Go there. Go go there <laughs> and play around with this. Go, go play around with the snow all you want. Agreed. Could not agree more, my man. <laughs> but and I also I also raise that point with the people that say that they love snow and they absolutely enjoy the snow. Those aren't the ones that are hauling ass and clearing out driveways. No, nope. And they're not the ones that has to like probably drive somewhere in the morning or I can't stand the snow. No, I, I no, I can't either. I can't either. It's absolutely horrific. So what do we have today? Uh, a quicker show today. Um, Jake and I are going to do Deep Sleeper as per, as per usual. Uh, we have a Mount Rushmore, and this is really like the start of everything Super Bowl. And we'll have more on the Super Bowl stuff in uh, in a minute. And then Adam and I, we recorded a segment for all of our uh, soccer fans out there. We wrapped up the deadline day and the January window as a whole for the Premier League. So we'll have that spliced into the middle of the show. But before we get into Deep Sleeper, uh, just a little programming note for our Super Bowl stuff. For next week, um, Adam will be on Basin Talk Podcast where we will do a more general preview of the game. And we'll be talking about some other stuff um, on there. Uh, Basin Talk Podcast next week will not be um, strictly Super Bowl dominated. But Basin Talk Podcast fantasy show will be strictly Super Bowl dominated as we will be talking about all of your betting stuff. So for anybody who is looking to place a nice wager on uh, a nice wager or two or five on the Super Bowl. That is the show to uh, to listen to for next week. Jake and I will be doing that. So we'll be looking at all of your uh, player props, all your game props, all your spreads, over-unders, money lines, everything like that we will be covering uh, next week on Basement Talk Podcast Finish Show. But this is the Basement Talk Podcast. And as we normally do, this is where we do Deep Sleeper. So Jake, what's your Deep Sleeper of the week, sir? That the New York Knicks make headlines a week from today at the deadline. I don't know how. And I don't know when and when I guess next week, but the Knicks will find a way to make you upset next week. I, I I'm pretty confident in saying that. Is that a deep sleeper though, or is that just a fact of life? It it could be a little bit of both. Depends how you look at it. The the, the Knicks just just piss me off, period. 
Yeah, maybe trading three firsts for OG on an OB. I mean, I don't know. Well, they're they're, they're they're trying they're trying to curtail to my happiness because as I said to you last night over text, OG Ananobi is an Arsenal fan. So maybe they know that, oh, if we bring in OG Ananobi, maybe Bird will be happy. Maybe that'll be a way to get to Bird's heart, knowing that they brought an Arsenal fan into the building. Fair point. Fair point. I, I will I will side with him on, on, on that one. But giving up three first-round picks to do it? Hmm. Three first-round picks for an Arsenal fan. I don't know if I love that. Maybe they will find a taker for Evan Fournier. Or, 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 or please pick me. Or Cam Reddish. Or Derek Rose. Or, or, or Derek Rose. Or maybe they'll find a way to bring back Taj Gibson. Or Reggie Bullock. Oh, yes. Or, 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 or going out and getting another rumored Knicks target, Sadiq Bay. They just, they're, <laughs> what are they doing <laughs> at the time? Genuinely, genuinely. How do the Knicks just, Get linked to all of these C level guards. It tr- it it's incredible to me. It's amazing. It really is. Anybody from Kentucky on the block? I can't think of names off the top of my head. Um, if they want to absorb, if they don't want to absorb uh, John Wall's contract, they could trade for John Wall. <laughs> yeah, I can't think See, of any other guys from Kentucky See, that are just. Every other team in the NBA, I don't think, would be really giving up anything for John Wall. But we are talking about the New York Knicks, and there is no limits on the insanity o meter when it comes to the New York Knicks. E- everything is in play. Well, they did get. What did they give up last year for Cam Reddish? Was it a first? I think it was, or first something round like pick that. And Kevin Knox. And I mean, does anybody want him now? Nope. Nope. Where's Kevin Knox these days? I don't think he's in the league anymore. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> Frank Nidikita is in the league, though. Well, well, I've always said that Frank was a good player. He just wasn't a good player on a Knicks team that wasn't competing in the playoffs. But you get Frank on a playoff caliber team that needs consistent, high-end, solid defense in a playoff series. Frank's your guy. Well, another thing is also they only can't picked shoot him. for shit. And they only picked him for his ability to run the triangle. And it, it, like, yeah, but I think yep. the Knicks will annoy you. I, I think so. I think they're, I think they will make a big move, not a big move, but they'll make a move or two where you're just like, what are we doing here? And Tibbs will, Tibbs will weather the storm and he'll survive. Somehow, somehow. But then, but then again, I mean, I think we've had a conversation now for the last three years about, you know, at some point when is Tom Thibodeau going to get himself into trouble and get fired? He has worn out his welcome. I mean, if only people listened to this, this podcast more often and the lone Knicks fan on this podcast, they would have uh, listened to me say this all along. Don't get comfortable with Tom Thibodeau because eventually the welcome is going to wear out. He did wear it. He's done this everywhere he's gone. He has, has the success has been immediate. And then eventually he's just worn out his welcome and it's time to move on. But I'm not too sure about that. I mean, that game was a disgrace the other night. I mean, what's he doing? Drawing up a, an ISO ball play for Julius Randle. And you're benching and you're benching the guy you gave a max contract to. Like that's, I would think insanity. you'd want that guy out on the floor. That's insanity. He had every right to be pissed. Everyone was saying, well, you know, Emmanuel quickly is this great defensive. I mean, come on. 
No. Who's the franchise guy here? Emmanuel Quickly or RJ Barrett? Thank you. He drafted third Thank overall, you. gave him a max contract. It's idiocy. It's 100% right. It's 100% and that's right. Tom Thibodeau way. You know, that, that's what he does. No. No, it, it, Tom Thibodeau would be, would be better off coaching a team full of guys on one or two-year contracts than a team full of two guys on max contracts and a third guy on a near-max contract. That that's just a, That's just a matter of life. Yeah, it's weird, man. They're in a weird place. I, we've said it all along. You know, I don't know how much more, like, how much room does this team have to become a title contender? You think? I mean, what's what's the ceiling? I mean, we said we said it all along. Their ceiling is no more than being a five or a six in the East. Yeah, like what what's the ultimate goal here? Their ultimate goal is to get into the playoffs and have a competitive first round series. But with the way with the way they've been so hot and so cold, they're gonna. Maybe, maybe they get to be a seven seed in the East. Then what's your prize? Oh yeah, you get to you get to play Brooklyn, who you never ever show up against. No, no, I mean they don't really show up against any. The only team they show up in the East against really is Boston. It's it's amazing yeah. to me. Yeah, that's the team they show up against. Everybody else, like Philly, they lose to. I feel like a decent amount. Yes. Yep. Um, they somehow beat the Cavs, but I don't really consider the Cavs as like a. I kind of consider the Cavs a little bit like the Knicks, if that makes sense. Maybe a tier above the Knicks. They're a better version of the Knicks. Yeah, the Cavs are better. They're a the better se- version. In a seven-game series, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell would drop 50 at least twice in that series. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that's the Knicks draw in the first round of the playoffs? Oh, get, re- get ready. Get ready for the absolute uproar. Yeah. But no, just uh, keep your eyes on the Knicks. So we're talking about teams that could potentially piss me off. We're going to talk about a team that is pissing me off. That's the Dallas Cowboys. So, obviously, the coaching decisions that, that were made by by probably Jerry Jones, for, be, for being really honest, firing Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore was then hired no more than a day later by the Los Angeles Chargers. And now who's the play caller for the Dallas Cowboys? No other than Mike McCarthy. Excellent. It's going to be Mike McCarthy. No, Jerry has already said it's going to be Mike McCarthy. Well, basically what happened was Kellen Moore took – they needed a fall guy. You always need a fall guy when things yeah. don't work out the way you want. Mm-hmm. And it was Kellen Moore. Uh, you know, it's a right shame. Or, right or wrong. It, right or wrong. I mean, it's done a good job. But I think if they went out there and got, like, another coordinator that was, you know, an innovative guy, like, let's think of some guys that were out there. I don't know. Um, Todd I think, Munkin. I think Beanie Amy would be great. Yeah, him. You know, there's, like, Todd Munkin out there. Um, if he I doesn't think, go, if he doesn't go back to Tampa, sure, sure, yeah. I mean, I thought that Byron left, which was fine. I think he was the fall guy in Tampa Bay. I, I think he deserves another shot to be a coordinator somewhere. Uh, Joe Brady, even though Joe Brady seems to not be able to ace any sort of interview under the sun, no. Well, also, I think what's going to happen. I think Ken Dorsey is going to be the fall guy if things don't go the way they want in Buffalo. Yeah, next year. I agree. I agree. I think that's an obvious scapegoat. Um, but, and I think they kind of have some type of handshake agreement with Joe Brady if that happens. Um, yeah. So if they were going in a different direction, okay. Yeah. I understand that. But what's the point of, you know what I'm saying? Just to go with Mike McCarthy calling plays. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I get it. I get it. But at the same, at the same time, I don't, cause I think you it's, would want him yeah. just coaching the team. And it, it's like you, you, if that is a call from Jerry Jones, right, I feel like with Mike McCarthy and anybody that's a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, we saw this with Jason Garrett, you you want to make sure that your head coach is out of the firing line as much as possible. And when Jason Garrett was calling plays, 
he was in the firing line more than anybody. He did it as offensive coordinator. He called the plays cool. Then he got then he did it as the head coach. It it was a it wasn't an unmitigated disaster, but he was caught in between the uh, the crossfire more times than not. Mike McCarthy is going to be going to be in the same boat, and eventually, look if the Cowboys if they manage to go twelve and five next year, eleven and six, they make the playoffs, but then they can't get to the conference championship game again, or they get knocked out in the wild card, whatever it may be. Does Mike McCarthy have a job? Well, Jerry's been very patient with coaches. Because really, Jerry, wants, Jerry wants stability. He does, but I think that, honestly, now, I don't know. Do you think Dan Quinn stayed behind because maybe he was told, hey, if it doesn't work out, we're going to consider you to be the head coach? I don't I think, think it's so. definitely possible. I don't think Dan Quinn was going to get a job. I think that's I think that's what that was all about, if that makes I, sense. I think it's definitely possible. Because clearly he wasn't going to get the Denver job. No, no. But would I mind Dan Quinn as, as head coach of this team? No. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, uh, there are other, there'll be other options out there next year. You, and you, you would want somebody of, to get the most out of Dak. Well, right. I mean, I mean, obviously, my 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 choice would have been would have been Peyton. That well, would have been my be choice. Hey, it could be Kellen Moore. <laughs> no, no, God, no. What is what is, Jer- what is Jerry going to do without another Boise State Bronco in the building? No, I don't know. They might have but... to draft one. They definitely did scapegoat him, and hey, he's. I mean, you ask Kellen Moore; he's got a way better job now coaching the Chargers oh with my uh, Justin God, Herbert. Yeah, and also that coach is going to be gone after next year too. I mean, he could be the head coach in waiting with the Chargers for all we know. Absolutely. Yeah. To if me, he gets, it sounds... if he gets on with Justin Herbert, and Herbert loves the guy, and and Brandon Staley gets fired like he should have been, and yeah. Kellen Moore could be the next head coach of the Chargers. Absolutely. And it's interesting now with Sean Payton going back to, we're not going back to, but going to the Denver Broncos, where is Jerry going to turn to if it doesn't work out with Mike McCarthy? That That's that's, that's exactly my point with the, with the whole really, Dan Quinn thing. There's really no other big name out there for coaches, right? I mean, who who is there anyone that could come back? I mean, I can't think of anyone. No. Like maybe if, the Rams nosedive again. Maybe he, he's going to retire, though. Take a break. You would think. I I would think. I don't think McVay goes from one job to the other. I don't. No. Um, I think an interesting one might be Pete Carroll. See how the Seahawks do next year. But I think yeah, he's yeah, really old now, could, though. Yeah, that could be. Does he really want to pick up, move, start over again? At what is he like eighty? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Outside of that, man, I can't think of any big name coaches out there really. I mean, um, I, I have now. One. Here's the well, I have two. But I, I uh, was going to say Kyle drinks. I was going to say either Harbaugh, either Harbaugh. Nah, John. I I don't see John as nah. I think Jim maybe. I but think the, Jim, well, Jim Ravens, and Jerry are, or Jim and Jerry are are not going to get along. Polar opposites. Polar nah, opposites. Yeah. But neither, neither, Jimmy Johnson and and Jerry were polar opposites too. And look how look how that ended up. But I'm just saying, though, I don't think Jerry no. wants another personality like that. I think Jerry needs somebody that's going to yes him to death. And, sure. you know, at the end of the day, it will be Jerry's call. Sure. So I don't know, man. It's inter- maybe Bruce Arians if he wants to get back into coaching. I wouldn't mind that. I don't know. I want but, I do want to I, I do want a, a, a rah-rah guy. Mike Tomlin. 
Sure. Hell yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Jerry, there aren't there aren't that many options. Like we were saying, there there, there isn't that there isn't that stone cold guy where you're like, oh yeah, if Mike McCarthy fails, there's the guy. There's no. the guy that you that you go and get. He doesn't exist. He does not exist. I maybe, maybe you look at a guy like Kevin Stefanski, possibly if he gets fired in Cleveland. Uh, but then again, that's not a huge guy. You, you don't you don't want a guy who's like I don't like this. I don't like a guy who just got fired somewhere. Hey, well here here's your big name. If if there ever was a was a place for this guy to go, where controversy doesn't matter. No way. I know what you're gonna say. It's not no way. It's just, it's probably the same thing as Harbaugh with John Gruden. No, he's not coming. He's not going to coach the Cowboys. I think John Gruden might coach the Raiders again one day, though. But I don't know about the Cowboys. No, I I don't think he I don't think he would. But if there's your if you want your big name, there it is. I I do think John Gruden might coach the Raiders again one day. I don't think it's that unplausible. I don't think so. They maybe it depends on how amicably things were with Mark Davis. And also, if he wasn't suing the league, too, I think there's always that element. But, yeah. Well, who's the guy who hates the league more than anybody else? It's Jerry Jones. It is Jerry Jones, yeah. They could be united and in also, the same do you really, front, do you, the same do you really, hang, hang on, though. Do, do you really want John Gruden with how he, no, how he looked no. in Vegas? I mean, no, I don't. It looks like he was winning in Vegas. No, the guy, the guy that I want, if anything were to happen, and Mike McCarthy were gone, the, the short list is thin. But the realistic candidates, it would be just a, it would be really a two man. It's a two man list right now. It's Dan Quinn and then David Shaw. Those are the two. Yeah, David Shaw is an interesting name. Those are the two if they want to go really outside the box. But yeah, I just no. I just don't know if Jerry if Jerry would be the kind of guy to hire. Well, I mean, hell, the guy the the coach that brought him the most success is his tenure as uh, owner of Cowboys came from college. So why not dip back into that well? With the yeah, Jimmy Johnson, it's 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 interesting, and also Jerry's patient. I mean, look, if Mike McCarthy goes out there, wins another 11, 12 games, I really don't think he's getting fired again. Jerry has never won a Super Bowl with a head coach that has come from the National Football League. He's won all the Super Bowls with head coaches that came from college. Jimmy Johnson with Miami, and then Barry Switzer with Oklahoma. It's interesting because now the college coaches all stink when they come to the NFL. True. I mean, outside outside of Pete Carroll, who really didn't start in college, if that makes sense. you know he was an NFL guy and then went to college. Right. There's no guy that's come from college. They've all stunk. I mean, Matt Rule stunk. Cliff Kingsbury yep. stunk. I mean, Harbaugh was pretty good, but he never won. Um, right. Chip Kelly stunk. Like, these guys stink. Yeah, there aren't. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Oh, my God. Who could have yeah. seen that coming? Yeah, the the the, the poster boy of, of stinky yeah. college coaches at the National Football League. There it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, that, that really – I mean, yeah, there's nothing – there's nobody else that I'm thinking about. I mean, Matt Campbell was always rumored to come to the NFL. What happened to him? I feel like he just fell right. off the face he of the earth. Fell off the face of the earth. Well, what if here's here's one. Here's one if if you want just speculating for what could happen with the with this team hiring a new GM and the coach existing. I think he's an unbelievable coach, and I would love him in Dallas. What about Mike Vrabel if he loses his job with Tennessee? I think Mike Vrabel has more power. In Tennessee, yes, than the new I GM. do too. I do too. So, yeah, I mean that would definitely make sense, but I I don't see Mike Vrabel losing his job. Nah, I don't, I don't either. 
I don't either. I don't think the season was on him. I think you know, John Robinson was the was that fall guy there. He was the fall guy. And and also the quarterback situation, too. I mean Dreadful. 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 I mean, with Ryan Tannehill, what were they? Like the number two seed in the AFC for a long time? With and Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill and, and AJ Brown, who John Robinson traded for nothing. Well, well, no, even the start of this year, you know? Oh, sure. They started, they sure. started off great at the start of the year, and then Tannehill got hurt and and it faded you know. into oblivion. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. They couldn't throw. I mean, <laughs> that's true. All right, so that is deep sleeper. We're going to go into talking with Adam, and we'll be talking about all of the transfer deadline day uh, tidbits, information that you want to want to know. So, Adam, take it away. Well, thank you for that transition, Bird. You are quite Let's- welcome, sir. How are you? Let's talk about the Premier League and deadline day. Very exciting stuff. And I mean, well, some there's one thing that's really not exciting um, with it with my club, but we'll get there. We'll get there in a second. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get we'll, there. This was, um, well, A, it was the most money that was ever spent in a winter window ever in the Premier League. That's number one. Number two, Chelsea have just made a complete farce of FFP and of all spending. Because did you did you know that if you take Chelsea's summer and winter spending, combine them, that's over. It's roughly about six hundred million pounds, roughly. That is more money than teams in Ligon, Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga have spent combined. They have spent that's, more than four leagues put together. That's crazy. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. We tried to tell you that FFP is a joke and but, that it's actually but, just there to keep the small clubs down. But my thing, my thing with, Man, with Man City is, yeah, origi- originally the, the spending was ridiculous. But now that you have your, your shit settled... You only spend what's what's coming into the club. Like, okay, you you spent seventy million on Holland, but you got sixty in change for Raheem Sterling. You got thirty in change for Zinchenko. You got forty five in change for Gabriel Jesus. You made money off of that. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't as exorbitant as you think. As you think, because like seventy million is not bad for a player of Holland's no. talent. No, that's a bargain. No, no, and, and even. Even in today's market, like you had, you had Southampton today. They were they, were, they splashed out forty five million quid. It just was just in the day together. That's nothing. That's nothing. It's crazy. It's unless you're on the red, unless you're on the red side of Manchester, they just burn money like it's going out of style. Well, I mean, they're doing that in the blue side. The blue side uh, over in West London. That's that's besides the point. <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just throwing darts and they're just hoping that, that something's going to hit. Sounds like a certain club that play in Old Trafford that I could think of. Oh, Harry Maguire. Why not? Paul Pogba. Sure. Jaden uh, Sancho. Ah, why not? Fred. Fuck it. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Aaron uh, Sure. Well, listen, Aaron Bissaka is actually a pretty solid player for them. I, considering the recent news, I would take somebody of Aaron Wan-Bissaka's caliber, even though he plays, he plays right back. 
Yeah. So. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, de- we'll definitely <laughs> get there and talking about uh, Man City, but, and of course the, uh, the other team in the, uh, in the title race. Yeah. Well, actually we're starting with that other team. And what what team that is. Well, you know, we're in alphabetical order. So take a wild guess as to who is up uh, at the top in alphabetical order and who will, will be the top in only alphabetical order by the end of the season. That would be the uh, the mighty Arsenal month with the uh, with the gold Premier League trophy. Yes, that 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 club. Yeah. Well. So pretty quiet, I guess, window for Arsenal, where they brought in Jorginho, who's pretty solid. Um, Leandro Trossard was like the big the big move for them, bringing him in from Brighton uh, for twenty seven mil. And honestly, I mean, you know, it makes sense that Arsenal are signing Jorginho because he was a huge target for Pep and Mikel Arteta when he was like the season before he went to Chelsea. No, like, it, was, he, it was it was the summer that he went to Chelsea. They were no, talking. Yeah. They, they had oh, mentioned that's what that today. Yeah, it was it was the summer that he went to Chelsea that um, that Pep we tried to sign him hard at, for him, at Man City. hard for him. Mm-hmm. And Mauricio Sarri was like, "Fuck you, I'm not selling him." <laughs> yep, and then he ended, and they ended up going to Chelsea, and then Arsenal tried to sign him in 2020, and 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 here we are, here we are, we yep. we, we get uh, Jorginho, but it it's crazy because it was after the original top two targets with Trussard and Jorginho, we missed out on the preferred targets with Trussard. We wanted Mikhailo Mudrik, who went to Chelsea, and then with Jorginho, we wanted Moises Caicedo from Brighton. Didn't end up getting them. Had to settle with Trossard, Jorginho, and Jakob Kiriar from Spezia. And it's interesting because there there is this discussion going on about what would you rather have? Would you rather have that one flashy signing, that Mudrik or that Caicedo? You can only have one of them. Or you go with what they ended up doing, which was bringing in an attacker that you could have on, on your bench breaking in a left-sided center back that we needed that Arsenal needed desperately because Gabriel has played in every match this season and then bringing in a midfielder that if God forbid something were to happen to Thomas Partey or Granit Xhaka, you have a a replacement there and a, and a quality replacement because we I think we saw uh, Sambi Lakonga go on against Man City in the FA Cup and that midfield just completely fell apart and he did not know what he was doing. He was one of the outgoings actually. Uh, today went to Crystal Palace on loan. So Patrick Vieira is going to work his magic. And he's going to come back. He's going to be the new Vieira for the Arsenal midfield. Vieira is a fucking gooner. I have tears in my eyes. Um, but overall, it was a. I thought it was a very good window for from Mikel Arteta from Edu, and um, it was what was I think needed just to add more quality in depth. Uh, not necessarily. I don't think any of these three are breaking into the starting eleven. Uh, at full strength, but are these guys where where if it's one one and you need some you need something to come off the bench and be a game changer to potentially you know steal three points at the at the end of the season when points are just going to mean everything to Arsenal they're trying to win the Premier League for the first time in twenty years. I think these these signings can do it, especially in the form of Trossard and 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 Jorginho. So uh, overall, it, it, a B plus window for for Arsenal. I like what they did a lot. And uh, hopefully we can get Declan Rice or Caicedo in the summer. Yeah. And I mean, that's a key point. 
And that's something that you should think about when we're talking about all these teams and all these moves is that it's January. Yes. Um, and you got to like temper your expectations. Teams aren't remaking their squads in January unless they're in a relegation battle, which Arsenal is not. Yeah, well, teams um, are also not going to sell their best players in January as well, unless you're you unless you're unless you're a Benfica and you're getting a uh, a record fee for a player. But we'll get there as well. Yes, well, it's basically the opposite of the uh, trade deadline that you see in typical um, North American sports, where like you have teams that are that you that are selling players off on expiring contracts. That just doesn't really happen as much in. Uh, in the top five leagues, in Europe's top five leagues, necessarily. Correct. So, all right. The next on the A-teams, Aston Villa. Um, You know, not too crazy. Uh, They got rid rid of Danny Ings, or they sold. They sold Danny Ings to West Ham. Um, They sent Aaron Ramsey. Now he's out, so they managed to get 16 million pounds, and West Ham only got a cameo. From Danny Ings, and now he's—I think he's injured now for the next three or four weeks. So, which sucks. Yeah, because I'm sure West Ham would have needed goal scoring from Danny Ings to uh, stay in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, the two signings they did make with Alex Moreno from Real Betis and Johan Duran from Chicago Fire, about 31 million laid out by by Villa, and then they were able to recoup around 16 million, which they which they got for Danny Ings. So all in all. A net spent of around they they blew around fifteen million pounds uh, in the window. Uh, two new faces for for Unai Emery. Uh, it's been it's been a great start for him at Villa since taking over for Steven Gerrard, my good friend Steven Gerrard. Um, but I think the real overhaul with this Villa squad is going to happen more so in the summer. I think that's where you're really going to see um, the, this Villa team take shape under under Unai Emery because they, they have a coach here. They have a really, really good coach here. And, and it's unfortunate that it didn't work out for him at Arsenal. Um, but he, I think, th- I think just with him, this is kind of his level because I think it didn't work at Arsenal, didn't work at PSG, but look at the work that he did with Sevilla being able to just be king of the Europa League with Sevilla. I think he's going to do an absolutely outstanding job at, at Villa where expectations are definitely lowered. And if he can get this side to finish mid table, then in the summer he can go, he can go and do whatever whatever he wants, and I think they'll be a a much more Unai Emery looking side next year. Overall, a B B window for for Villa. I think they did really good things. All right, Brentford. You know that Brentford's always gonna um, they're the money ball team of of the uh, Premier League. So, what do you feel? How do you feel about their signings and or signing, and then? Their uh, outgoings, all on loans. Yeah, I mean they just they just brought in one attacker, one attacker, Kevin Sh- Kevin Shada from uh, Freiburg. Other than that, they really didn't do anything else. They didn't do anything else, um, and then they had uh, all loans going out. So it was a quiet window for uh, for Thomas Frank and his side. But I mean, hey, we all just kind of know that Brentford. This is just what they do. They find players that are going to work with their system and they make them work. And and Thomas Frank is an un- unreal coach. He'll make it work. It, it's a C because they really didn't, they really didn't do much, but they didn't have to. They, they really didn't have to. They're going to finish in the top half. That's kind of where they want to be. And it's going to be a great season for Brentford who, I mean, they've made, they have just made 
playing at home, basically a fortress. I mean, they've taken points at home off of, I believe, all the top six, not named, um, not named Arsenal. All the top six that they've played, at least at home. They've taken points off of uh, Liverpool. They beat, I think they beat Liverpool at home. Uh, they beat Man United at home. Uh, they beat Chelsea. So this is a, it's a competitive side. It's a very, very, very competitive side. And again, they really didn't do much. They didn't have to do much. So a C for Thomas Frank, but they'll finish top half. They'll be fine. Yep. All right. Brighton. So a lot of outgoings, big outgoings um, for Brighton and Hove Albion. It was really about the the outgoings and and the crazy window that it was with uh, with Trossard being left out of the side by Roberto De Zerbi, and then at the end of the window with Moises Caicedo, who was being courted by both Chelsea and Arsenal, and then Caicedo going on Instagram and saying that he wants to recoup a record fee for Brighton, and, and hopefully that they're going to sell him. It just just crazy, crazy, crazy window for Brighton. But but this is again. They have a chance. Like, this is not a selling club. This is a club that has a chance to finish in a, a European spot. Would have so thought. they they could not be going and selling their best players, and they didn't. They were able to keep hold of keep hold of Caicedo, build on what they have, bring in Ayari and Bonanote, two players who are young players who are probably going to be sold in two or three years for north of 50 million because that's just what Brighton do. So overall, it's just run of the mill, same old, same old for Brighton. It's it's a B minus window, but B minus is not mean bad. It just means it's not going to be flashing. But at the end of the day, we talk about this window in two, three years from now, it could be an unreal window because Brighton are a club that they want to be able to raise players, sell them on for big fees, and then reinvest in the team. So what they did with Caicedo, what is going to happen with Caicedo in the summer is they're going to sell them for north of 80 million, and they're going to be able to reinvest that into the entire team. That's it. They did they did it with Ben White when he signed when he signed for Arsenal, and they're going to do it again with uh Moises Caicedo. Yep. All right. One of the big boys. Well, you forgot one. You forgot forget Bournemouth. One? You forgot Bournemouth. Oh, whatever Bournemouth. <laughs> you well, forgot you think Bournemouth, I but they they you had think a... I wasn't talking about Bournemouth as one of the big boys. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, of course, yes, of course. No, Not they a had... large club, uh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth uh, AFC. <laughs> they had a really, a, I thought, a really, really good window, and it really a lot of their big business came on the final day. They made three signings on deadline day: Dango Atara. Ilya Zabarni and Matias Vigna. Uh, Zabarni is actually, he was someone that he was reported to be the best defensive prospect outside of the top four leagues in all of Europe that Bournemouth were able to sign on a five and a half year contract. So even if they go down, there's still going to be a foundation for them to come immediately back up. And this is the first window under the Bill Foley era with, of course, Michael B. Jordan, uh, the actor, as part of the ownership group with Bournemouth. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah no, the uh, owner of the, of the Knights, the Golden Knights. Yes. Bill Foley. Yes. This is, this is the kind of spending spree that is hopes of staying up. But if they don't stay up, it's not the end of the world because there are still significant enough pieces 
where you're buying you're buying young and they'll be able to compete in the championship and get them back up probably in a year. So all in all, I thought a really, really good window for for Bournemouth. They got a lot done. Uh, I'll give I'm gonna give them an A minus. I'm gonna give them an A minus. It was a really, really good window uh, under uh, the first for the Bill Foley administration um, for Bournemouth. Yes. All right. Sorry, I did jump the gun. Now we will talk about the big boy, one of the big boys anyway. Yeah. Chelsea Football Club. They spent a lot of money. They got a lot of big names. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them on loan, and then one of them that's not going to join them until the summer. But, you know, Chelsea going to (laughs) Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But, again, this is is all a part of the the long-term plan that Todd Bowley has for his administration at Chelsea. He wants to make Chelsea to be the biggest club in Europe. He wants Chelsea to be bigger than Real Madrid, to be bigger than PSG, be bigger than Man City. And the way he's going to do it is by buying players while they're young. Hopefully build a super team with those players at cost, of course, and continue to do kind of what Man City and what PSG have done, which is go buy other clubs throughout the world and have feeder clubs that go wait has psg has psg done that yeah oh they have a they have a football group they have like they own clubs across the country they they own one or two others but it's not as it's not as expansive as city football group yes that is that that's the that's the the top tier but that's what that's what bowley is is looking to do um I will say this. Obviously, it hasn't gone well for Chelsea this year. They are 10th in the league. They're still in the Champions League. Whether or not they make it out, they have a fr- they have a friendly draw though against Dortmund so that they may be able to get out of that. Um but this isn't the season that I think Chelsea have to win something. I think if they don't, it's okay. But with the amount of money that they have spent in the summer, the amount of money that they've spent in this window, and the amount of money that they're probably going to spend next summer as well, you you have to kind of think that if Chelsea are not at bare minimum competing for top four next year, you could be going to a whole new project with, with Graham Potter at the helm, and he can only be that manager for a year. Because well, yeah, with the, with, the way, with the way they're spending, they should they should be competing for the league next year. It's not going to happen this year because the just how bad the start's been. But next year, they have to be competing at the top. Otherwise, otherwise they're going to have to hire somebody else. I would think. Well, plus the financials won't work out if they don't, you know, with with the money and everything, and they need to go far in the Champions League either this year or next year or this year and next year, really, to make the money work out with all of this, all of the spend and all these players. And I feel like this is kind of like a, like a panic button move for them where they're like, man, we suck this year. We need to get, we need to get all these bit, all these uh, great players. I mean, Christian Pulisic is injured. So we're going to sign Joe Felix on loan. Um, it's like, that's kind of how it feels. And it feels like a little bit where it's the Chelsea of old, 
where they just spend a lot of money. And also this new, this kind of new um, business model. But like, this isn't your, your father's or brother's or cousin's Chelsea where you know, the manager's going to get fired at the drop of a hat. It's not really how that works necessarily. No, but... he's, no, he's going to get time. He's going to get time, but a year is probably what he's going to get. Because if yeah. we're in this position next year, Adam, and Chelsea are in seventh, right? And we're talking north of a billion pounds that has been spent in three transfer windows under Todd Bowley. That's going to fly? Absolutely not. Well, I think if they finish outside the Champions League spots next year, then yes, Grand Potter didn't do a good good enough job with this squad. But if it, but considering the the competition in league nowadays with Arsenal and City and I mean United's okay, I guess. But um considering the competition there um I think that I don't know. Uh, you could expect them to finish in the top four. You should expect them to finish in the top four. Well, I, I, I also look at it as they're probably not going to, they're probably not going to finish in a champions league spot. Maybe, maybe they hit a purple patch and maybe they find a way to get into the conference league or they get into the Europa league, maybe. Um, but they're not getting into the top four, not with the form of Arsenal, Man City, Man United, Newcastle, they're they're not going to get into into the top four, but is there a way that they that they that they secure European football? Yes, there is. There there is a well, chance. Well, this is they, more next year if they, they if, do it. But next year, next year is a whole a whole different story because you're going to have to be able to recruit potentially without European football. You're going to have to be able to recruit and do all the business that you're going to want to do if you're Todd Bowley and do it. Competing with Liverpool, who 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 knows where they're going to be? We'll talk about them in a minute. Um, Arsenal will probably be in the Champions League. Man City, who will definitely be in the Champions League. Uh, Manchester United, who will probably be in the Champions League, and big spending Newcastle, who yep. they have they haven't even done significant business yet. They haven't had a monster window yet. Yeah, yet they've made true signings. They brought in an outstanding coach and. They're getting it done with really not the final version of what they want their team to be. But if that team is able to get them into the Champions League, that's just going to explode what New what Newcastle could potentially be. So um, with the window, though, it is an A window because they've added quality. There's no doubt they've improved their side. But really, it's, it's, it's going to hedge really on two guys. It's going to hedge on Enzo Fernandez, who is now the most – expensive player ever in the Premier League and who really only showed a purple patch of form for seven games in the World Cup and Mikhail Mudrik. Those those are the two. And the, they, this window will be judged off of those two. If Enzo Fernandez is the next Maradona, then fabulous. Congratulations, Chelsea are going to make everyone look terrible. If Mudrik is the next Shevchenko, great. Fantastic. Awesome. The Shevchenko from from Milan, not the Shevchenko for Chelsea. But I was gonna say, I'm like Shevchenko was fucking terrible for, for Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, for Chelsea, yes. <laughs> but if if they both they both are inconsistent or they both aren't great, it's not gonna look all, all that good. It's not gonna look all that good. 
but they're buying young. They're looking to secure young assets on long-term contracts and have them locked in for four, five years from now when they could potentially be more finished products and get them at the peak of their powers to compete on a European stage. So I get what they're doing. I, I, I understand it because, by the way, it's what Arsenal kind of did. So they're kind of copying the Arsenal way. Um, only well, one thing buying all the young players instead of uh, bringing them in from the academy because there's only one club that Brett brings in from the academy, and that is the mighty Arsenal, of course. Okay. Well, my one thing before we move on, real quick. Sure. If they if this is a lost season for Chelsea, why bring in Joe Felix? What's the that's so confusing? That's confusing to me. It's to it's to potentially see how he does and, and give him an audition to secure a permanent move in the summer. Or an asses and seats kind of kind of move as well. No, they don't have to do that. They're Chelsea. They don't have to do that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm confused by, I, by I, that. I'm I'm convinced that there is no such thing as asses and seats in the Premier League with with football. There, it, it doesn't exist. Because even not. even you have you have Everton, who they will sell out Goodison Park, no problem, just for the fans to come in and. Boo, scream, holler, throw a fit. Yes, because Everton are just oof. throw the, throw their toys out the pram, as my uh, as my as my English counterparts would say. Yes, uh, Everton is not next. It is they're not on they're, they're in the hole, or actually they're on deck after Crystal. Palace. They're on deck. Yeah, they're on deck. So uh, Crystal Palace, um, they sent out Jack Butl- Butland on loan to. Mm-hmm to those guys um, on the red side of Manchester. Yep. And that's, yeah. Anything for you on Crystal Palace? Uh, they brought in two midfielders. They needed midfield reinforcements and they were able to get him. Uh, Sam- Abu Lakonga from Arsenal brought him in on a loan, no option to buy. And then Naru Amada from Stuttgart. They brought in a permanent deal around 10 million. Uh, they needed, like I said, they needed enforcements in the midfield. They were able to get them. Um, and Overall, it's a C window for for Palace. They needed they needed to strengthen that midfield, and they were able to do it. So, Patrick Vieira, they they have a tough run of fixtures coming up, but they they should avoid the drop. I I I think they're 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 too good. They're too good. I th- I, I think you you look at the clubs that they're con- they're competing against when you're talking about maybe going down. Um, they are significantly better than Everton, Bournemouth, um, Wolves. Um, who else am I forgetting, Adam? I know, um, I know there's somebody. There's somebody else. West somewhere. Ham. Uh, I don't know if they're better than West Ham. I don't know if they're better. Leeds, Leeds, Leicester. They're, they're they're better than both of them for sure. So I think Crystal Palace will be fine. Um, Vieira is a genius. I love him desperately, and um, he's the next manager in waiting for for Arsenal in case in case Mikel goes to. Barcelona when they realize Xavi is a fraud, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, this next one's easy. Everton didn't sign anybody. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. oh God. Everton's a mess. Can, 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 can I just like say F? Yeah. For Hod Bashiri said they were going to bring in a striker. The owner of Everton. They were going to bring in a striker. They're going to bring in someone that could score goals. 
They sold Anthony Gordon to Newcastle for 40 million pounds. They had 40 million right there, right there. Here you go, 40 million. They didn't bring in anybody. Nope. And they, they let Salman Rondon go away, leave for free yep. to River Plate. Yep. I mean, listen, he's not who he used to be, but still. And, li- and listen, they, 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 they did try. There were numerous, numerous offers that were out there. Um, one of the players that I know that they were looking at was former Chelsea striker Bishi Bashawai. They were looking at him. Um, they're in the running right now to sign Andre Ayu um, as, a, as a free agent, so he can sign any time that he wants. Um, but, yeah, this is You don't get not... anything for second place. No. In, for transfers. Nope. Nope. What do you need to do? Hang a banner that says, we tried? It's a toxic environment at Everton right now. I mean, you have the summer signings that they brought in. They just haven't worked. Frank Lampard's gone. You have fan protests going on against the board. Uh, Anthony Gordon, who caused a bit of a fuss, who I really don't think is all that. That's neither here nor there. Uh, was sold. He wanted out, and they allowed him to go. Uh, it's 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 a disaster. It's a disaster. F, 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 F. A terrible window for Everton. Yes. Fulham. Only a couple signings for Fulham. Or yeah, a couple, couple couple things for Fulham. Yep. A couple couple signings for um for Fulham. They also had to convert uh Shane Duffy from Brighton. He was there on loan. They had to convert his loan to a permanent deal to ensure they could fit in Cedric Suarez uh with his loan coming in from Arsenal. So Shane Duffy is another is another one that is uh, making his move permanent at Fulham. They also bought Sasser Lukic from Torino, midfielder. Um, they wanted to go and potentially make a move for Santa Berga of Sheffield United that didn't work out when Sheffield United, I think quoted him at around 20, 25 million pounds. So that wasn't ever going to happen, but I mean, Marco Silva's done a, done a great job with Fulham. And I think you look at the, you look at the summer signings that, they, that he's made that have really impressed. Joao Polina has been an unbelievable signing in midfield and, and he could definitely be in line for a move to a, to a bigger team. Uh, Andreas Pereira has moved from Manchester United and he's been sensational. And, and Willian, who would have thought? Who I know. thought after it crashed and burned at Arsenal, uh, Willian has picked it all up at the, uh, the other team in the west side, on the west side of London. So, yeah. um, well, also, who thought that Marco Silva, speaking of guys who rehabilitated their careers in the Premier League, Marco Silva, yeah. like he was, he got relegated with Hull, uh, Got fired. What did he get fired twice by Wolves? I think. No, he was fired by Everton. Oh, what I feel like did he get? Wasn't he? Oh, are you, th- are you thinking of Nuno? No, I'm thinking of somebody else. But he did get fired by Everton as well because he was not. He was pretty bad in the Premier League with Everton. You're thinking of Watford. I am thinking of Watford. Yes. You got fired twice, right? By Watford? Once. Or once? once. Yeah. Got fired by Watford. I always get those two confused. Well, you're also thinking you're also thinking of the other yellow team, Hull. No, I know. Well, I said he Hull went before. yellow. He went he went from Hull to Watford. Both are well, yellow. Actually, Hull's orange, but still. It's a sh- it's it's a shade of yellow, Adam. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yellow is a primary color. Their kits are similar to wolves. I'm trying to help you. 
Hall's armor, but not Watford's. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to help you. Okay. I, yeah. It's, it, never mind. But anyway, Marco Silva, what's what I was saying? Marco Silva has rehabilitated his image in the Premier League. Yes, yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Let's not get my, let's not let my poor memory get in the way of the original point. No, was, it, it, your point yeah. is 100% correct. It's, it's, it's a B minus window for Fulham. Uh, they'll finish in the top half of the Premier League easily. Easily. This, they are a very, very, very good side. Yep. All right. Next up, Leeds United States of America, as they like to say. Interesting win, though. Interesting because they, they had to invest. They did invest. Uh, Jesse Marsh has come under a bit of pressure for lack of results, but they're playing, they're playing good football. That's the thing is that they look good but they're just not getting the results. So they end up going and signing two defenders, Max Wolber from RB Salzburg, Georgina Ruder from Hoffenheim. Uh, both of them combined were 45 million pounds. Then they go out and sign Weston McKinney from Juventus. And that name is familiar. He should be because he was on the U.S. Men's World Cup team with Tyler Adams, with Brennan Aronson, and he is now being coached by American Jesse Marsh. So really, go soccer, baby. Go go soccer. Go soccer. soccer. Love, um, everybody loves soccer. Every, every, listen, everybody loves soccer. It's it's a B window. It's a B window for uh for Leeds. I don't necessarily think that they got what they needed in this window. I still think they needed more in in attack and more advanced areas, but at the end of the day, they, they definitely, definitely improved their team. There's no doubt about it. They improved. It's just I don't think they improved in the necessary areas, which is why it's only a B instead of maybe a B plus or an A minus. Yes. All right. Next up, their relegation mates in Leicester City. Uh, yeah, and, and they absolutely had to, had to, had to, had to go and invest in some sort of striker addition to help take the goal load off of uh, Jamie Vardy and Harvey Barnes and company. And they did, they brought in Victor Christensen from FC Copenhagen. Uh, They actually signed uh, Nathan Opuku. And if that name, if you don't know who that is, um, he was as of about a month or two ago was playing for Syracuse. I know. I was like Syracuse university. That is yes. (laughs) Syracuse university upstate New York. So Brought him in that it was he was immediately uh, loaned out to um, a side in the Belgium first division. Um, but oof, I think they they what got... a crazy turn of events. You get signed, you play soccer at Syracuse, you get signed by a club in England, and then you get sent to Belgium. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you ain't kidding. Um, it's a C minus, honestly. Um, I still think they needed to do more. And there was some talk that maybe Kagalar Sionchu was going to leave and join Atletico Madrid, but the move never materialized and looked like he's going to join uh, Atletico Madrid in the summer anyway. Um, so it's, it's a C minus window. Uh, it really just comes down to Leicester uh, making sure they avoid the drop and being able to rebuild the team in the summer because they're going to have holes. They're going to have holes. There's sharks that are circling around, uh, James Madison, he's been linked with moves to Chelsea, moves to Newcastle, moves to Man City. 
Um, then Yuri Tielemans is a free agent at the end of the season. He's been linked with Manchester United. He's been linked with Arsenal. So there's definitely going to be change coming uh, with Leicester in the not too uh, immediate future. Uh, but for now, Brennan Rodgers has got to do one thing and one thing only. And that's making sure that they stay up. And if they're able to do it, that would be a very successful season for Leicester. So C minus, but if they if they're able to stay up, they'll be able to reload again in the summer. Yep. All right, Liverpool, they made a big signing with Cody Gakpo, mm-hmm. as everybody expected. I feel like he was linked with them for a while, right? Uh, this one kind of came out of nowhere. Really? Because he was linked. He had been linked to Premier League clubs, but I never saw anything with him and Liverpool. I mean, this came off of his impressive form in the World Cup. Um, we all knew he was going to get a big move eventually, but I don't think anybody knew it was going to be that quick after the World Cup that Liverpool would just get in there and, and sign and sign Gakpo. And and even though Cody Gakpo, he, he's going to be he's going to be a good player for for Liverpool. And and I know all the jokes around Darwin Nunez right now. And yes, they are very funny. They are They're very, very funny, funny I, because he I, is a he's a flop. I enjoy seeing Darwin Nunez struggle because fuck Liverpool. But it, it, but in all seriousness, um, he'll he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I mean, I would much rather have a striker that's not converting his chances versus having a striker that can't get chances. I think those are two different problems. And one you could fix, the other one you can't. Um, but the area they really had to improve was in midfield. I mean, that midfield has been a nightmare for Liverpool this season. They've just been carved open. And they're they're about to take on Real Madrid in two weeks in a round of 16 tie in the Champions League. Uh, good luck. Good luck to them. Because yes. they currently don't have a midfield that is that's good enough to really compete with any side in the Premier League. I mean, they, they have a they have a midfield that is relegation worthy. That's just how bad that midfield has been for them uh this season. They need the reinforcements there. They're hoping that it's gonna be Jude Bellingham, but but honestly, I mean, does Jude Bellingham really want to go to Liverpool if they're not in the Champions League? No. Like, I, I don't, don't know so. why he would. Like I get it. You're playing for Liverpool, and, and they could offer him whatever they want to offer him, and and also understanding that they that they are currently dealing with the potential sale that the Henrys and uh, FSG could potentially be looking to sell Liverpool. So that could also be the reason why there hasn't been a significant investment. But does Bellingham really want to go to Liverpool if they're not playing in any European competition? No, he wants to go and play with his Dor- his old Dortmund teammate. At Manchester City. I think City makes more sense for him. I think Real Madrid makes more sense for him, honestly. I mean, if if Liverpool do get into, let's, let's say they, they somehow magically get into the Europa League. They get into the Europa League, I could see it. But if they have no European football at all, does Jude Bellingham actually do that? And it's not like Jude Bellingham is going to solve Liverpool's midfield problems. He's not. Jude Bellingham is, is a world-class player. But he is not going to be the guy that single-handedly transforms this Liverpool midfield. They have so many issues. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't. It's a I don't it's a it's... B minus window just because they did not improve in the one area where they have. It's really just been a struggle for them all season. Yes. All right. We've gone. We've gotten to to this city, Manchester City. I don't know what to say about what happened with Joe Cancelo because there have been some reports. There have been some reports 
that have gone out that he basically told Pep to fuck off in the worst way possible. Alleged reports. Got to make sure to say that. Alleged reports. I've heard that they are allegedly correct. Yes, but you don't you don't know. Despite but, despite what the player has said. Yeah. And it just seems like a weird situation where he came back for like it seemed like everything was hunky dory until after the World Cup. Like this blindsided me. I'm like, when was there a rift between Jack and Solo and and the coaching staff? And maybe that's a testament to the fact that you know they don't let leaks like that um, leave the leave the training ground all that much. But um, I just I was blindsided by this loan to uh, to Bayern. Everybody was. Everybody was blindsided. I, I I was waking up and it was the first thing that I saw. Because usually when I wake up in the morning. I just go, I pick up my phone, go right to Twitter. And it was the first thing that I saw from Fabrizio Romano. I was like, whoa. And I said immediately, I said something happened. Something no doubt happened. Uh, my immediate and, reaction was, what the fuck? And then, immediate, and, then, and then eventually came out that there was a rift between him and, and, and Pep and everything like that. Um, okay. Like, Joao Cancelo is... is on his day, he's a top five fullback in the world. There's no denying that. But when you have a manager like Pep, when you have a player that becomes bigger than the club, you got to get rid of the player. And if Man City can make $70 million off of Joao Cancelo, that's a no-brainer. That yeah. is a no-brainer. You absolutely do that. And by the way, not to mention, that back line that Bayern have now, obviously not knowing they don't have uh, Manuel Neuer for the rest of the season, but even then, the back line for Bayern now with Joao Cancelo, Dio Uhumacano, Matias Delict, and Alfonso Davies. I know. That's sick. That's That's scary. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that Man City agreed to send... Joao Cancelo to a Champions League rival. That was yeah. That was more my real shock. Oh God, we're gonna fucking play them in June, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be terrible. <laughs> Pep's gonna have to be answering questions about that all week. I don't know if there's any uh, parent club restrictions in the Champions League. I know there is in the Premier League, but I don't know about the Champions League. I don't know off off the top of my head, so forgive me for my ignorance. But what do you mean, uh, parent club restrictions? Like you can't play. Yeah, right. Like against if, your if they do team? play, if they do play in the Champions League, can Joao Cancelo play against Man City? Oh, because it's a loan, right? Oh, right. So I, I I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, That's I don't. A know. Really good question. I don't. Also, know. I mean, I think it shows you how untenable the situation was. That they were like, get out of here. You know, we can't, we'll send you the first available, you know, send you on the first available bus. Well, that's, Manchester. Pep. that's Pep. I mean, it's one strike. It's one strike. You're out. That's that's the way it should be with a good manager. So, yeah, uh, it, and it, it's a, it's a C window for Man, for Man City. They didn't, they didn't do anything. I mean, they signed a, they signed a young player who's probably going to be worth 60 million in about four years time. Um, but they didn't really have to do anything because they're in the middle of a title race. And well, they did on they, the last day, but they didn't. They didn't have time to do anything that they that they actually needed to do. 
yeah, who are they, they going to sign? They have now, what they have now is is they're they're fine. They are completely fine. They have they have more than enough options to cover if if need be. I mean, this is the same manager that turned Fabian Delph and Oleg Sinchenko from midfielders into left backs. That's correct. So I'm sure, you know, with Bernard Jack Grealish, Phil Foden, or whoever. I there was a there was a picture on the Man City subreddit that was like meet our new left backs, and it was a picture of Phil Foden and Jack Grealish hugging each other. <laughs> With the, with the help of uh, one assistant manager that is now a manager of Arsenal. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, well, still. Still, though. It, it, it can be done. He's made, he's done more with less. But Yes, I mean, oh, absolutely. Many, how, it's been like every year but two where Man City needs a left back. It's yeah, if there's ridiculous. any manager that can figure it out, it's, it's, it's no doubt. No doubt. Pep. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just a weird situation that that's the one position that we just cannot find a good, uh, a good player for a consistent player for, I mean, it's a hard position to find anyway, but yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. All right. Now to the other team in Manchester. So they let Cristiano Ronaldo. That's the the big story is Cristiano Ronaldo leaving for sure. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, they still did sign uh, Marcel Sabitzer, which would have been a great signing like two years ago. But, <laughs> well, um, he helps. He helps right now with Christian Eriksen out until late April, early May. They needed a midfielder in there. And, and Eric Ten Hag basically said after about Vakehorst and Jack Butland that they were done. Uh, but then, of course, Eriksen hurt his, hurt his ankle over the weekend against Reading in the FA Cup tie. And that left them short in midfield. So they had to go and do something. And they found a they found a short-term option. It's, it's great for the player, great for both clubs involved, Manchester United and, and Bayern. So I mean, that's a really good signing. It's not going to really move the needle um, either way. Overall, a, a B-minus window for, for Man United. They got their striker with Val Veghorst. He's going to be a, a perfect loan signing until the summer where they can go spend big and get that feature piece for this Aaron, Eric Ten Hag project at Manchester United because they have to sign a true number nine, out-and-out number nine to go with what they already have. And there's been reports out there that that the one guy they're looking at is potentially Victor Osimad. There's the Harry Kane speculation that will never go away until he signs a new contract to make himself a, a Tottenham player for life and he won't win any trophies, blah, 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 blah. But overall, a fine window for Manchester United. They didn't they didn't do anything uh, too damaging and no one really left that uh, really moved the needle either. And that is including Cristiano Ronaldo, by the way. Shots fired. It's true. It, it's yeah. completely true. You take Ronaldo, you took Ronaldo out of the team, Man United were a better side. That's fact. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, he's Cristiano Ronaldo's he's not the same no. as he once was. No, no, he's not. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Newcastle. Uh, really the only uh massive move that they that they made was they signed Anthony Gordon for 40 million, and they brought in Harrison Ashby from West Ham for a reported three million. Uh, Chris Wood left for Nottingham Forest, one of their one of their strikers. It was a fine window for Newcastle. I mean, I'm not the biggest Anthony Gordon guy in the world. I don't really understand all of the all of the hype, but maybe Eddie Howe can unlock something with him and and he can display something that I haven't seen. But Newcastle again, they're fighting for a champion the Champions League places, 
And I think they're probably going to get there because of how good defensively they are. I mean, before uh, the League Cup semifinal versus Southampton, Nick Pope hadn't allowed a goal in, I believe, 10 matches, which is absurd. Um, yep. So absurd. Newcastle are fine. Newcastle are fine. Uh, it's a it's a C plus window just because I'm not the biggest uh, Anthony Gordon guy, but like I said before, is anybody that can unlock something there? It is Eddie Howe because he is a he's a world class coach. Yep. Speaking of Nottingham Forest, they made a couple of interesting signings. Um, Kelvin Navas is one. That this yeah. seems so unlike Nottingham Forest to be like Kelvin Navas. Come on down. They, they love a transfer. They love a transfer and they, they improved. They improved everywhere. They were able to bring in reinforcements up top in the midfield at the back line and in goal. Dean Henderson being out was a massive problem for Nottingham Forest, but they replaced Dean Henderson now with Kaylor Navas. And that's a coup. That is a coup. There's, there's no denying that a minus window for Nottingham Forest and Steve Cooper who they absolutely 100% needed to do something in this window to avoid the drop. And it looks like that just maybe if they could string some results together, there's a chance that they will avoid the drop. I don't think they're going down for what it's worth. Yeah. Well, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, this team has gotten a lot better in this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They have, they have proven, proven players in this team. Yep. Southampton. What do we got here? Um, an interesting window. I, I, interesting. Uh, Nathan Jones be able to make two signings on the final day. I, I think Sulemana from Wren is because he he is just a rapid, rapid player, and he he hasn't shown the same form that he had last year. But I, I there's something about the Southampton side that. I, I did say that I picked them to go down. I don't know if they're going to go down. And and not to mention, they do have the Tottenham killer and, and Chelsea killer for what it's worth. Mislav Orsic they brought in <laughs> onto the South Coast. Mislav Orsic, closeted Arsenal fan. Great guy. Love him. Um, but overall, interesting, interesting window for, for Southampton. I'll give it a B minus. Give it a B minus. I think they did what they had to do. They needed goals. They needed goals in the worst way, and they brought in two players that, without a doubt, will give them goals in the form of Osich, of Orsic and uh, Sulemana. Yep. All right. Next up, let's talk about your favorite team. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just the most Tottenham thing ever to realize that they couldn't do any more loans because they would exceed the limit. They didn't know the limit existed. So they had to cancel Matt Doherty's contract so he could just go sign with Atlético Madrid on a free. The, the, the most classic Tottenham thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but uh, Arnautizuma from Villarreal, good signing, good winger. He'll bring pace, be super direct. I think it's the kind of player for sure that uh, Antonio Conte is going to like. But really the the headline piece was bringing in Pedro Porro, the former Man City uh, youth product from Sporting Lisbon for, for around 40 million pounds. I believe Man City got a cut of that too uh, for, for for what it's worth. Um, good bit of business. That's a classic Antonio it. Conte fallback. Someone that is rapid, can get up and down the wings, uh, good with the ball at his feet, can also defend, put in a good tackle. 
good window, good window for Tottenham. I I feel like though there's going to be some supporters out there. They're going to say, you know, we want more. We want to see more investment. Um, but for what it's worth, I, I I do think Tottenham had a good window. I'll give him a I'll give him a B. I gave Arsenal a B, so I'll I'll give Tottenham a B too. All right. Next up, we have West Ham. Yep, second to, second to last. Um, they didn't really do much, and their they one did. big signing got injured, as we talked about. Yep, yep, and really, it was more of try just trying to keep the squad together, and you know, with the heavy spending that they did in the summer, they really couldn't do much here in in the January window. And you look at the likes of Gianluca Scamacca, Maxwell Corne, they just really haven't performed all that well. David Moyes is under significant pressure to turn around, turn it around and get some uh, good results coming in for the Hammers. It's a C just because Danny Ings is hurt right now. And if Danny Ings really is the guy that's coming in and banging in goals, that could very easily be a B minus or a B. Yeah, honestly, it's probably closer to a C minus for me. Sure. And this is like, just because I'm like, I don't know. How much do you blame on, how much you, how much do you blame injuries on like the team that signs them? Like this is bad luck, but like. Bad luck. Yeah, bad luck. Still, it's just a shitty situation. Yeah, it wasn't like it was in training or anything, too. It was on his debut. So, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad luck. It's bad luck. I can't I can't blame the team. I can't blame the player either. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wolves. They're the last one. As most as in most, if not all recent Premier League alphabetical lists. They what brought in more. They brought in more players. They made seven signings in, in January, most notably uh, Mateus Cunha from Atletico Madrid on a loan with, I believe it's an option to buy at the end of the season if it turns to an obligation if they stay up. Um, Pablo Sarabia from PSG. They, they brought in notable players, and, and Julian Lopetigue, the new Wolves manager, needed to make his imprint on this team if they if they're going to stay up. And... He's done it. So now it's just a matter of finding the players that are going to fit out his team. I think um, this weekend will be very interesting to see what he decides to go with. Uh, as, as for all the managers, really, just with their new pieces, seeing who gets to have their debuts, who doesn't, uh, especially the new managers, you know, with their new squads. How do these teams change? What do they look like? Um, especially with the, with the teams that are fighting off the drop. There's definitely going to be some change with with those clubs. It's going to be very very exciting, and I can't wait to see how the rest of the uh, the Premier League season pans out. But for for Wolves, I'll get, I'll give them a B minus a B minus window. I think I think they did they did half these in business. Yep. All right. Well, here. Wait. I'm going to stop real quick. So, is this going to the end of the episode, or am I going to do you want me to like? All right. Back to you, Bird and Jake. Uh, we could do. Back to you, Bird and Jake. Okay. All right. Well, that's been fun talking about uh, the January window and back to Bird and Jake for our regularly scheduled programming. And we are back. Jake, how did you enjoy that that segment? Was it riveting? Did it inspire you? Super inspirational. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so, 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 so glad. So 
Thank you to Adam for his assistance with the segment for the show. And now we are going into the last segment that we are going to be doing. And it is Mount Rushmore. And to kick off our Super Bowl week coverage, we're going to be doing Super Bowl quarterbacks. So not necessarily, it's not necessarily quarterbacks that have won a Super Bowl. It is more quarterbacks that have been in a Super Bowl and have performed in a Super Bowl. Fair enough. I mean, I'm really going with guys that I've seen in my lifetime. Like, you know, I'm not going all the way back. I mean, sure. Guys sure. Like, I think, I think, I think a, a real cop out answer to say like Len Dawson in Super yeah, Bowl I mean, one. Give, give me a break. Give me like a break. that's, that's laughable. Like John, yeah. Johnny Unitas, Bart Starr. Joe Namath. Like, like, right. Joe Willie. Like, I mean, you could say Joe Willie and I, I would not question you. Oh, he man. did guarantee it. He did guarantee it. So, Sold, I, I, I would give you that lead. Soul to the devil. I mean, really, sold the franchise's soul. He did. Sold it. He I did. Mean, That's your guy. Now all we need, though, is just somebody to wear number twelve to revit, to just break the curse, man. I, I'm telling you, if they if we get somebody in here wearing number twelve since Joe Willie, the franchise could be restored. Until then, we're cursed. Or until uh, you fire Rob Sala and bring in somebody else. It's really a quarterback. I mean, you know. No, it's a quarterback. It's a quarterback issue, and you you'd have to solve that. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, oh, Mr. Man. Sala could be looking for a uh, for a new job next year. Hey, hey, if if Mike McCarthy does get fired and Dan Quinn is promoted to head coach, we have a defensive coordinator opening in Dallas. Rob Sala would look great. Yeah, in blue I and think, white. I still think they can get number twelve, though, man. We'll see. So, Jake, I will give. I'll give you the floor. I'll give you the floor. Your number one pick, obviously, in snake order. Your number one pick. Who do you want for Super Bowl quarterbacks? I mean, this guy Tom Brady, you might have heard of him. Sure. <laughs> it's pretty sure. good. Um, I'm going with the greatest Super Bowl quarterback of all time. I'm going with Joe Montana. Interesting. Never, yeah, I mean, we haven't really lost seen the Super Bowl. These. Yeah. Again, I'm picking guys that I've seen. Uh, and then I am up next. Um, so I have a couple guys on on my mind. Uh, I want Peyton Manning is on the list. Um, Aaron Rodgers is on the list, but I'm gonna go for the big game Manning quarterback. I'm gonna go with Eli. Interesting. And every Giants fan is smiling and probably clapping together right now, but there's no doubt. Eli, Eli and Peyton were very different. Peyton Manning is the greatest regular season quarterback of all time, but he's one of the worst playoff quarterbacks that I've ever seen. Eli is a mediocre regular season quarterback, but is one of the best postseason quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Complete no, 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 you can't go wrong. Complete opposites. And you cannot go wrong there. Eli will still be one of the worst quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. I am still dying on that hill. I, I don't disagree there. I'm going with the guy playing on Sunday. I'm going Patrick Mahomes. Okay. It's not it's not a uh, not a terrible one. Led the Chiefs uh, all the way back against the 49ers. That vaunted 49ers defense. Yep. Yep. Could be worse than Mahomes. Even though even though the the NFL the rigged NFL. Decided to give Patrick Mahomes a spot in the Super Bowl. 
Uh, listen, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm not disagreeing with you either. We had a whole debate, Adam and I, at the top of the fantasy show this week. Adam says that it was not rigged, and Patrick Mahomes absolutely deserved it. I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I counted four roughing the passer calls that were not called on Joe Burrow on all blue eyes. The greatest American that's ever lived, Joe Burrow, by the way. I hear all facts, my man. He's he he's incredible. The the world will be healing when Joe Burrow wins championship. Probably listen, soon. Listen, Jake, Jake, I don't know if you, you agree or disagree with the statement. In a world where we are so divided by sexual orientation, religious practicing, political divide, I think the world could be united on one thing. That when Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl, we all will be elated. Yeah, I think a lot of people, though, were very worn out by the whole Bengals feel, though. I wasn't, but I think a lot of people were like with the Eli Apple and you had the other guy. I forgot his name. I think it was like Mike Hilton. Interesting, because um, I, I, I kind of found myself like that with the Bills. I kind of got like that, too, with the Bills. But the Bills were, I don't know. It, I hate to get too off topic, but like the Bills. Oh, please. Feel, the Bengals don't feel like. Their window, the Bengals feel like they're just getting started, if that yes, makes sense. absolutely. The Bills, it feels like the window is closing a little bit. A tiny bit. A tiny bit. The defense is not as good as it was. The offensive what, line What weapons is... do they have on offense outside of Diggs? The Gabe Davis, when he wants to show up in a random playoff game and do nothing for 18 weeks in the regular season? That's about it. I mean, you yeah. know. They, I mean, they... They were relying on Cole Beasley, who was basically on the street for the entire regular season. I know he had stints with Tampa, and then he went back to Buffalo. I, I get it, but on the streets, on the street, they relied on him. And where was the guy that they that they had used for the majority of the season anyway with Isaiah McKenzie? No, yeah, they're just a very weird team. They they honestly have the feeling of a team where. They kind they're not even like a has been. They kind of were like a never was, if that makes sense. Like yeah. Whereas yeah. with the Bengals, it's like I can see that team being back in the AFC championship game next year against Patrick Mahomes. Whereas with the Bills, it just I got don't it kind of feels it kind of feels like that even though on paper, if you look at all the teams and you were to split them up by position group, you could make a case that Buffalo is the most complete. Out of Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, you could make that argument. But Joe Burrow can win games by himself. It's better we, than Josh Allen now. Uh, I I probably would agree with that. I probably would I, agree I, I don't think it's ludicrous to think Justin Herbert is too. Like you know, I think he's um, up there, Herbert. I think after the season that Herbert had, I think I think that is ludicrous. But I can tell you right now, and this is dipping back into the fantasy pool for a second. If Justin Herbert is available in drafts in round seven, round eight, I'll be doing. I'll be doing cartwheels. Yeah, but I, I'm like, telling you, I think Herbert is going to take a bit. And I think with Kellen Moore, too, I think next year he's going to take a big leap forward. I really do. But yes. Oh, yeah, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll see what the Bills do. But, and he'll be yeah. healthy. I mean, he was playing. He was playing for the majority of the season with a partially torn labrum and probably some cracked ribs, yeah. honestly. Well, you see today and Brandon Bean, too. Like, talk about a guy that's dividing the cold. I mean, you see. The, yeah, I don't know. You see what he says? He's like, oh, we need a quarterback that's going to protect himself or something. He kind of took a shot at Josh. I mean, you know, he he's did. coming at he's coming after people nowadays. He, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how his franchise guy is going to love that, but I don't know. I don't know if Josh Allen heard that because 
he's uh, he's uh, he's taking a bye week from the from the Pro Bowl. And he's playing in the uh, the Pro Am out in Pebble Beach. Is that what Aaron Rodgers is at right now? Yes. Yeah, he's, I don't know if you saw that, but uh, he said, I won't be in San Fran. Yep. Yep. He's going to drag this out as long as pot. He loves every second of this. Oh, yes, he does. He's a showman. He's Aaron a showman. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is a showman. There's, he there's loves no doubt every about second it. of this. Loves people talking about him. Loves like He loves it all, bro. Oh, yeah. And hey, why not? Man. Why not up up his stock? Up his stock. Why why the hell not? Okay, so back to the Mount Rushboard. You have Brady and Mahomes so far. I have Montana and Manning. God, you have Brady and Mahomes. That's a little that's a little worrying. Um, so you now have uh you have a pick here. I'm going with my guy Aaron Rodgers. With the with his one. With sure. his one. Um, and then I have two picks here. I'm gonna go with I would be remiss in my duties if I did not put a Dallas Cowboy on this list. So I have a choice between two. It's just a matter of which one I want to put on there. Am I going to put Staubach on there or Aikman? I'll say closer to my time. I'll I'll put Troy Aikman on the list. So I'll go Troy Aikman. And then with this last one, there's there there there's a few that I have that I have in mind. Ben Roethlisberger is one. Um, John Elway is another one. Brett Favre is another one. Um, but I, I'm I'm gonna uh, Kurt Warner is another one. Oof, greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner. Oof, I'm gonna go with Big Ben. I'm gonna go with yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. I was thinking about picking Big Ben Roethlisberger as well, but yeah, I kind of wanted Big Ben. I'm sorry, kind of did. Yeah, those are the, those are the three that I had in my head. I have an interesting one. Sure, Joe Flacco get any consideration? He played a lot of big sure. games for the Ravens. Sure, I'm I'm, I'm going to give the man his flowers. I'm going Joe Flacco. You need, Playoff you needed, Joe. You needed a jet on there. You need a yeah, jet, jet on led, there somewhere. But really though, that run that that Flacco had with the Ravens was insane. Really, all those big playoff games. Yep, and him and uh, Anquan Bolden. Oh my God! And and Jacoby Jones, Jacoby, Jacoby Jones, Jones having his monster games always in the playoffs. Yep, that those Ravens teams were loaded. Oh my God! Yeah, and it was it was every year. It was every, every year. year they would just play. They would play flat line football. Just be consistent. Be good enough. And the calendar would strike January, and bam, they and would Joe just Flacco turned into like an MVP type guy. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he kind of was like an Eli Manning in a sense. Very much so, very much yeah. so, and I think I I do think despite despite the flack that um, look at the pun I'm about to use here the flack that Flacco got for a lot of things I could definitely say that Joe Flacco is one of the more underappreciated quarterbacks because at his peak Joe Flacco was he was big game he was big game meanwhile we talk about Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers did the complete opposite. Philip Rivers was not big game. And no. obviously there's another name that we left that we left off this list noticeably. Peyton Manning talked talked about that one before. Um and then I could even make a case that for big game when the moment mattered, I think I could put I could probably say that Joe Flacco 
might have had more of that big game expertise than a guy that everybody loves, Drew Brees. You can make the case for Drew Brees. I mean, Matt Ryan, you can make the case for, no doubt about it. I mean, if you forget Matt Ryan, when it, he kind of was a little underappreciated too. Yeah, he uh, was. He Matt was. Ryan. I think it's just because he was, he was in Atlanta. But, yeah, I mean, forgot about Brees too. I forget he wins the Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. Up against, against Peyton Manning. Against Peyton Manning. Yeah. Again, one of Peyton Manning, I stand by it. Best regular season quarterback of all time. One of the worst postseason quarterbacks of all time. Yep. Agreed. And Joe Montana is the best Super Bowl quarterback of all time. And the greatest quarterback of all time is Tom Brady. Before we go, Jake, just your quick thoughts. How do you finally feel that the bad, evil man that's been hiding under your bed for all these years, Tom Brady, is finally gone and you'll never see him beat the Jets ever again? I'm surprised. I thought he would be a San Francisco 49er. I thought that was he was going to give it one more year with the Niners. They they need to win. He wants to win one more. He always wanted to play for the 49ers. McCaffrey, Debo, Ayu, Kittle, Trent. Like, this is a loaded football team. I thought if they would have got Tom Brady to come out and play one more year, I thought they would have been significant favorites in the NFC. So I was surprised. But maybe um, there's some stuff going on off the field that we don't know about. And maybe Tom wants to get his family back or – you know, who knows? Or maybe Tom, uh, you know, wants to keep his wits about him and not really suffer. Because once you get older like that, those hits become a lot more violent. Um, you know, we, we we don't know how they feel. So, yeah, uh, I was definitely surprised, though, to say the least. Yeah, I, I definitely think it, it has something to do with, with the family. I think he knows that if he is his family is pretty much located on the East Coast, his his kids mainly and. It would be hard for him to go to put any team that you want, whether it was going to be the 49ers, which would have been the best fit for him. And I agree. That's where I think he would have gone uh, or the Raiders. They're both on the West Coast. And how are you how are you going to go for 18 weeks, be in San Francisco or be in Las Vegas when you know your kids are back on the East Coast? Like, I think it's a very, very tough thing for any parent to to do is voluntarily for regardless of how much money you're going to be making to voluntarily sign up to be away from your kids for gets to San Francisco in July. He's there July, August, September, October, November, December, January. And for February, you're basically committing eight months of one season to being away from your kids. And I think that was what the great thing about him playing in Tampa was, is that he was around his kids. He was able to be the dad and he was able to go to work and and, and do his thing. Now that that is not, uh, a possibility anymore now that he's not wouldn't go back to Tampa the options were definitely limited and it came down to you know if he was going back to Tampa which wasn't going to happen go back to New England which wasn't going to happen it you had to start looking west and at the end of the day I think Tom finally realized that you know look I I, I got to do what's best for my family and my kids I got to be a dad so I, I I commend him um man is the greatest quarterback that's ever lived and it's going to be very, very tough to to top that. And anybody who's saying Mahomes, 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 Mahomes will never be a Tom Brady. Never. Yeah, he's got a long way to go. Let's see how his career goes. He will never be a Tom Brady. Let's see how his career. Let's see how this guy's career goes. This guy has never missed a conference championship game. Sure, but can I can I offer you a rebuttal? 
Well, I, I just like, you know, I don't think that's like a closed book, if that makes sense. No, I think it's it's not a closed book. But what I'm saying with that, he's not going to be a Brady. Brady was no doubt, no doubt. The best quarterback in the National Football League for 17, 18 years. No doubt. With Mahomes. I don't know about that. Who would you at which point? I don't know. I thought Aaron Rodgers was probably Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers was more talented than Brady. Yeah, but but Brady was the better quarterback. Uh, there were more results with Brady. You sure about that? Positive, positive. It, just do the rings. Do the rings, man. Yeah, but it, I mean, listen, I, I'm not a big rings argument type person. Like, bro, I'm not. I'm not either. Like, but in terms of like looking and playing the quarterback position, like. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Tom yes. Brady. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I am on the hill that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen with my own two eyes. I was until I saw Patrick Mahomes play. See, I, I think the jury's still out for that one, too. That is the dude. For I, me. Come on. For me. I haven't. I know you don't like the guy and all, but like, come on. I, I, I'm not going to base it off of. I've seen so much more of Aaron Rodgers off of Mahomes. Is Mahomes far off? No. No, 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 no. He's not far off. He's not far off, but the whole point with Mahomes versus Brady, Brady was no doubt that guy. Mahomes, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the National Football League right and now. And there's there's no still, doubt, my man. You're, no, there is. There is. You're not there's zero. Who's, bro, who's even close to No, 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 no you not. Let me finish. No, let me finish. There are people that will say that, oh, Mahomes, yeah, sure, but you still have Burrow. You still have no. Josh Allen. You still have Aaron Rodgers. There are so many options that you could – compare Mahomes to. They did the Whereas same with, thing to Brady, especially in the especially with no. Rod. They always had Rodgers. No, 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 Brees, no, 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 You had yeah, you had Roethlisberger. They did the same thing with Brady. Mahomes who, was no doubt. Who 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 said, who said Roethlisberger was better than Brady? Well he was in the cop well, no one even said that Josh Allen was better than Mahomes. Nobody said Burrow was better than Mahomes. There who, was a point who oh, are these people absolutely not nah, dude there's these people don't exist. Absolutely, there are people that, are, that have said Josh Allen is better than Mahomes. Well, they were wrong. <laughs> Clearly, people were, say, people were saying last year when Joe Burrow knocked Patrick Mahomes out in the AFC Conf- uh, Championship game that Joe Burrow, no doubt, was better than Patrick Mahomes. Nah, did uh, no. Nah. I mean, those people's opinions, I just don't value that. It was, uh, it's been Mahomes, bro. Since you, he's been you have the, a choice to not value City. those opinions, but those opinions were stated. Well, did people could have said that about Brady too. Like, you know, it's the same argument. Sure, but at the end of the day, we're talking Tom Brady is no doubt the greatest. No doubt the greatest. Now he is, absolutely. But when it's all said and done, I don't know about that. We were talking about Tom Brady as the greatest when he was in his 30s. Okay, I mean, what's how old is Patrick Mahomes? He's a year older than me, so he's 27. Okay, well, could win his second Super Bowl this year. He could have three. I think he will have three Super Bowls before he's 30. And that's kind of on the same trajectory as Tom Brady, right? I mean, see, I, 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 I guess I'm, I'm kind of spoiling what I was going to say next week. I don't think the Chiefs win this game. I think the Eagles win this game. Well, listen, even if they lose this one, I mean, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy has never missed the conference championship, bro. Like, no, that it, is it, crazy. He's never played a road playoff game. Yep. Like that is unheard of bro and yeah. they play in the best division in football arguably well I, that's another point that i was gonna make coming into coming into the year it was oh you have the broncos that reloaded the chargers should be good the raiders 
are the Chiefs done? No. No, the Chiefs yeah. just ripped the Chiefs just ripped off a 13 win season and with the number one seed, got the, got the bye. And those three other teams didn't stand didn't stand a chance. What Mahomes has done is incredible. The consistency is is ridiculous. But eventually, and this all goes into the whole Mahomes point, the Chiefs also are going to have a problem when Mahomes, because right now they're in a great spot. They're in a great spot with Mahomes' contract where they're not paying him a significant amount right now, and the cap hit is minimal. But with Mahomes' contract, the further on we get, the more significant the cap hit is. Well, the cap is going through the freaking roof. It's going NFL through the roof. Too. I think what it's, a, it's going up sixteen million. I think it is. It's, it's going to be like three hundred million dollars by the time Mahomes is in his thirties. It may be. It may. I be. think it will, especially with all his new TV money. You have Amazon coming in. The the salary cap is going to be, and I'm pretty sure, like they're as we evolve here, the luxury tax is going to become a thing. Oh sure. The sure. money is just it, it, money will be no object moving for that. That's why now I think is the time to really ink these quarterbacks the deals because once we expand the cap, the luxury tax, like then you're going to be paying. You know, yeah, I mean, Rogers. So. Rogers is is the only quarterback in the league that's getting fifty million dollars annually. I think that's going to be pretty commonplace soon enough. And now look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson wants his fully guaranteed deal, which I don't know if he's going to get that, but yeah, I it wouldn't come from me. I no, 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 no. You can't. No. You can't. Unless, unless you're in Atlanta. Unless you're in Atlanta Falcons that desperately needs a long-term option at the position. Jets too. Then absolutely. Then, then absolutely go ahead, do it, and get your Michael Vick 2.0, and you could do your photo shoot at the unveiling, have Michael Vick there with Lamar Jackson. They could, you know, dap each other up, all that, and, and have it be all nice and peachy. But – if you're a sensible franchise like the Baltimore Ravens, you can't do that. Yeah, I don't think the Ravens are going to do that, but I think Lamar will eventually come to the realization it's just not happening for him there. No, no, neither do I. I think I think Lamar is I think Lamar is going to be smart enough to understand that the best place for him is going to be in Baltimore. But but honestly, is it though? Is him staying in the AFC the best option? He's they're gonna use the tag on him. I get it. But yeah, wouldn't but you want to be in the NFC? I I would want to go to the highest bidder, me personally, but sure. Yeah, I guess. Sure. I mean, whoever's whoever's gonna pay the most? Yeah. I think Lamar's made that very clear that he just wants to get his bread and and then play some ball. Yep. Yeah. Well. That's going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Uh, whatever the hell this is, Basement Talk Podcast. Jake, thank you as always. This is a thank you, my man. This is a spectacular show. Great program. New York Knicks, the bane of my existence, and I'm not. I, I'm not going to vocalize how I'm feeling about the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Um, it pains me to say it. But yeah, yeah, I think the Eagles do win the Super Bowl next week. Um, but we will have more Super Bowl coverage for you next week. Adam and I will be recording Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Basement Talk Podcast, sorry. Basement Talk Podcast we will be recording on Tuesday. That will be in your inboxes uh, Wednesday morning. And then Jake and I will be recording the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Thursday. That will be in your inboxes on Friday. Before we go, before we go, I wanted to do this. 
Jake, we haven't done this in a while. Let's get a song. Let's get a song, Jake. What have you been listening to lately? Wow. I haven't done this song. in a while. Let's put on, let me go to my recents. Oh, oh, he's going to do some research. Going to do some research. Let's see. Very, very curious. Dive, diving into the musical library of Jake Sabone to see what he see what he's been listening to. I've been listening to the new Morgan Wallen stuff. Ah, oh, that's that, that's that's a great choice. Play "Last Night" by Morgan Wallen. What the that's hell? Li- literally, that's literally the song I was going to say too. That's crazy. Great song. Great song. Um, For me, for me, and as badly as I, I want to have uh, Last Night by Morgan Wallen, I think it's going to it's gonna be what ends up uh, taking us out. Or I could just put it, I can just splice it in, just splice it in, and I could put uh, the song that'll take us out, literally. Um, an oldie but a goodie. Uh, take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand. That's what I've, that's what I've been uh, listening to in the uh, in the gym, you know, clanging and banging, pumping some iron. So for Jake, go, yeah. <laughs> so for Jake, I'm Bird. Thank you so much for listening to this talk podcast, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye bye. <laughs>